Welcome to People Analytics Podcast. I'm your host, Lindsay Patton, and I have Sheree Munsell from Hope Gain Network with me as today's guest. I am so excited to have Sheree on the show because I believe in wholeheartedly in what she does with Hope Gain Network. Um, and I'm going to have Sheree tell us. Uh, welcome, Sheree. I'm so excited to have you on. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited to talk more about the nonprofit and the work that we're doing. That's so awesome. So could you take a moment to describe why Hope Gain Network exists and what it does? The reason why Hope Gain Network exists is because I am someone who lives with mental health challenges, and it was very hard for me to find a job in the brick and mortar world and kind of keep a job in the brick and mortar world. And I turned to working from home as a solution where I could work comfortably, where I can be in, in my own home, uh, where there was no commute and there was no stress about a commute. And so working from home gave me the ability to work without so many mental health challenges that I was going through. And I had been able to successfully work from home for eight years when I started Hope Gain Network for other people like me who are living with mental health challenges and maybe struggling a bit in the brick and mortar world and need an alternative solution to being able to work and um, have comfort in working. That's amazing. So could you explain a little bit of specific challenges that people who, you know, have, and we all, I want to make clear, we all have mental health. Um, so could you explain, you know, some challenges that you ran into that maybe a lot of people may not recognize um, that people with mental health challenges uh, face in typical structured workplaces? So for me, it was a matter of, I have um, episodes of, major depression. So I'm not like, I don't live in a constant depressive state, but there are times where I have like major uh, episodes of depression where I will just be completely down. Like my body will shut down. I won't be able to move or think or pretty much do anything. And during those times, um, I would call into my employer to let them know that, you know, I wasn't feeling well. And it would be very much like a response, like, okay, well, you still need to get into work. Like, when are you going to be into work today? And mm -hmm. then, you know, when I had long periods of that, I would end up being fired and I was constantly experiencing that. So I think that that's one of the things that people that live with depression, um, for example, experience. And then also when I would go into work and dealing with anxiety, sometimes I would have panic attacks while I was at mm -hmm. work. So I would have to be sat down and, you know, during like busy rush times, oh. there was a video that was circling around, um, not, I think it was about a month ago, of a young man who had a very severe episode right there in front of a, um, a customer. As he was talking to a customer, he was having a very severe, like, shut down anxiety mm -hmm. episode. And he started to, like, hit himself because this is something that some people um, that live with mental health challenges, especially if we're talking about those that live with schizophrenia, although I don't know that that's something that he was experiencing, he started to hit himself. 
and um, it was right in front of a customer. Now, maybe if he had the opportunity to work from home, he wouldn't have had that video viral and recorded and shared with the rest of the world. He wouldn't have gotten fired because he would have just been able to shut his phone off and uh, put his phone on mute. And then if he needed to do that, which of course, that's not the best way to handle that situation. But if that's the only coping mechanisms he had, nobody would have ever saw it. His employer probably would have never known about it. He would have been able to calm down possibly get the help that he needed and still be able to keep his job. So this is why um, working from home is an important key to it, because there are certain things that someone may experience that in the regular workforce, when they're face to face with someone, it can be very, very damaging to them. And even dehumanizing, you know, based on the example that you shared. Oh, that's, that's awful. Um, you know, and I think COVID really taught us, you know, with a lot of workers having to go remote, taught us that there is safety in home. Um, and so could you kind of talk about the difference between, you know, working from home prior to COVID and, you know, working from home now? Has there been, you know, a shift in, in attitudes? Because you had eight years uh, already under your belt. Yes, there's been a, a a great shift in in attitudes towards working from home. When I first started working from home, it really wasn't seen as a viable option or something that someone could do. Um, I would say up until the pandemic, people were still kind of really sketchy about working from home and thinking that most work from home jobs were a scam and that they couldn't find legitimate work from home jobs. And so now that the pandemic is hit and then people are like forced to be in the home, they're starting to realize that it's not just my company transitioning to work from home, but there are companies that have been working from home forever. There are fully remote companies who um, who have always been remote and working from home is now a viable option for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And you formed Hope Gay Network um, shortly after the COVID outbreak, right? Yes, we did. We, we, um, it was like right at the beginning of the pandemic. And I kind of anticipated that there was going to be a large amount of people that were going to need to turn to working from home as an option for them. But then also I started to notice in our group, a lot more people were coming forward that were talking about their mental health challenges and why they were turning to work from home because they had mental health challenges in the regular um, job world. And so that kind of prompted me to, to get this organization started and move moving forward. Mm-hmm. And so I want to expand on the group too, because the organization was born out of, out of a Facebook group that you created, correct? Yes, it is. And I kind of talked about the group without going into the group, but yes, we did start our organization from a Facebook group. We actually have seven Facebook groups now. We're about to have eight as we introduce international work from home to people. But yes, we have seven uh, work from home groups with 200,000 members across all groups. And so many, many people that are looking to work from home that have been looking to work from home um, long before the pandemic, although our numbers did increase as COVID-19 became um, even worse for our community. Mm -hmm. 
And so there, you know, with hope gain forming, you're able to do so much more for the community members of your group um, because, you know, you're, you're outside of Facebook's capabilities. So can you talk about the kind of um, opportunities that you're putting in place? So one of the major things that we're working on right now is a database that people can go to to search for uh, work-from-home jobs that are specific to mental health needs. So they'll be able to just kind of put what their um, mental health needs are in, and it should pull up jobs that kind of fit those needs. Right now, we're doing the database through a Facebook group as well, um, which is a separate Facebook group than our main ones. Um, This one focuses specifically on companies that cater to mental health needs. And how we determine that is that we've been having interviews with HR managers and company managers about their their employees' mental health and what they do for their employees' mental health. And how have those uh, interactions been going? Um, You know, what's that been like with HR leaders? The... I when I first got into this, I was very nervous about having these conversations mm-hmm. because I really didn't think anybody was going to want to hear the mm-hmm. suggestions or the things that we were talking about. But the response from HR managers and response for company leaders have been actually really amazing. And mm-hmm. it's kind of been like a relief. Like we've been waiting for a long time mm-hmm. for somebody to talk to us about these things um, because it's something that we've been talking about within our company, but we haven't really, really implemented anything and really talked about these things. So it's been a really eye-opening experience for me because it's been so great to see that so many um, HR leaders and company leaders are willing to have this conversation. Mm -hmm. And have you noticed, I mean, my understanding is HR leaders are very overwhelmed right now. Uh, There's a lot going on in the workforce uh, that is on their shoulders. Um, So do you feel that, you know, these leaders really, really want to look out for, um, you know, their employees with mental health challenges, but they're not sure how to do it? Um, do you see that happening? Yes, absolutely. And that's where I think we come into play with talking to them to kind of simplify those ideas. Um, sometimes they think that dealing, um, addressing mental health needs means that they have to provide an entire health care service for their employees. Mm-hmm. And most of the time, that's not even really helpful a lot of times uh, Mm -hmm. to employees that are living with mental health. What's better for them is that they know that their company provides resources and and providing a list of resources doesn't take much. Um, That They know their company has a list of resources that are available and ready for them so that they can initiate that conversation, that their employees are just understanding. Being understanding doesn't take a lot of changes in your company policy either. that you're understanding that there are days that they may not be able to come in because they're dealing with those things, that they provide space. Like for those that are talking on the phones or dealing with working from home from the phones, that they provide space for someone to be able to say, hey, I need to take like a five minute break off of the phone. Mm -hmm. Those are very simple um, changes in, it doesn't even have to be really major changes in poly, but those are just a few of the simple things that really make people feel like they're in a safe place, an understanding place in the workplace that they can go to their employers and be honest about 
what they're going through. Like our our slogan for our um, nonprofit is honest, open, and shame-free because that's what we want a society of people who actually can be just honest with their employers and say, hey, this is something that I'm going through. I don't have to make up a, a different scenario. I can just say that this is literally what I'm going through and the employer mm-hmm. will be able to understand that. Yeah. And, you know, as mentioned before, everyone has mental health. So when uh, a workplace focuses on, you know, allowing people to, you know, just take a breather, it's beneficial for everyone involved, you know, no matter where, where you are on that, you know, mental health spectrum. Yes, it is. And just to put some numbers out there so people understand like what is going on in our society right now, Depression alone costs the U.S. economy $210 billion annually. Wow. That $210 billion. Not addressing these things is so detrimental to our workforce, to our economy, to everything else. We have to, um, employers have to take a shift at how they look at the mental health of their employees because employers bear half of the cost of that. Mm-hmm. So that it, it, that that's actual a cost to those that are hiring to not address the mental health needs of their employees. And you will see, and as you see, there's huge high turnover rates of people just leaving companies, not because, not because, you know, it, and, and a lot of people want to make it a money issue, but a lot of times it's not a money issue. It's actually the company culture that is causing people to, want to leave and flee mm-hmm. from those companies and go to some place where they feel safe. I talk to people every day who said, I will take like a 50% pay cut, a 70% pay cut, 80% pay cut. If I can get out of this toxic work environment into a work environment where somebody cares about me and um, makes the, the workplace safe for me. Mm-hmm. So what would you categorize uh you know, characteristics and traits of a toxic work environment or unsafe? I would say that from the conversations that I've been having with individuals, specifically in my group, micromanaging, Mm. um, telling people that they uh, are yelling at people or reprimanding reprimanding them for doing something wrong without actually having a conversation with them about how it should be done. That's one of the major things that I believe from what I'm hearing is creating a toxic work environment. Also, um, discrimination. Discrimination is a huge problem in the workplace. Um, Discriminating not just based on race, but on gender as well. favoring other people above others, and then also not creating space for those who are dealing with mental health challenges. Those are all things that I think kind of a big recipe for a toxic work environment. Mm -hmm. Now, looking on the other side of that, what are traits that are a supportive and positive environment? Making space for for mental health, um, so creating that environment where the employer know uh, and the employee knows right off the bat that they're coming into a place that cares about their mental health and that 
if they do have a mental health challenge, they are going to be able to take that time to address those needs and it won't be seen as something that is bad for the company. Mm-hmm. Having co-workers that know that in um, when they're in their workspace that they should be treating everybody with kindness, that they should not be treating anybody above um, anybody else, and that everybody is on an equal playing field. That's one thing that definitely creates a positive work environment. And then also um, just being able to, I'm sorry, my brain just like Linked out for a second. <laughs> it's okay. It's a holiday week. That's why. Yeah. So, uh, like I said, one of those things that creates a positive work environment is making sure that the employees that work with each other know that they should be um, they should be speaking to each other in a positive manner. That there shouldn't be um, anybody that is seen above anybody else, um, Mm -hmm. that nobody should be judged based on sexual orientation, um, color, their gender, that, that all of those things that, and that they should celebrate wins. That's another thing that I think is Mm -hmm. missing in negative work environments that a lot of times when someone does something good, it does, the, the company doesn't create a culture where, the employees like praise each other. I think that praising each other and acknowledging good things helps to create a positive work environment as well. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And, you know, when people, you know, create these environments, it could be life-saving for, you know, individuals. And you have an example of that, correct? Yes, absolutely. So, one of the women that are in our, in, in our group, and I will um, have her name be anonymous because of the situation that she was in, but she ended up getting a job at one of the employers that we had created a relationship with, and she is someone who was living in a domestic violence uh, situation. When I first started this nonprofit, I never thought about working from home as a solution to help those that were living in in domestic violence situations. But her Mm -hmm. story is actually the second time that we've had a story like this, where someone turned to working from home. And the reason why they chose to work from home is because one, they could work while their husband was at work and didn't know about them working. So they could work while they were taking care of their children. And then they could save money into a private account. So this is what this person did. She worked while her husband was at work and he never knew that she was working. Um, She was able to save money in a private account because her employee agreed to send that money to a private account. And she was able to save enough money to leave that situation and continue to work because she could work from home in the new environment that she was in while continuing to take take care of her child as well. So those are things that I don't even think about, but those are things that are coming up right now as we're um, placing people into work from home jobs and kind of hearing their stories. And it just blows my mind at the incredible, amazing work that we're doing that we didn't even know that we would be doing. Yeah. And I, you know, I 
am very grateful for her allowing you to share that story anonymously because I think these are examples that need to be shared because we don't understand what's going on at home. And I think that's a big problem in the workplaces that, you know, not that we need to understand every detail, but as, as leaders, we need to understand that people have, uh, they have lives and they have struggles outside of work. And I think that's a, a huge huge issue uh, in the workplace and, you know, in helping people, you know, with their mental health. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And like, those are the, like her employer that she ended up working for probably had no idea why she was in, uh, that she was in the situation that she was in. And they probably to this day still don't have any idea But what they do know is that they are a company who has a great culture for people to work. They're a very mental health friendly company and that they they keep their employees because of that. So Mm -hmm. although they didn't know that they were doing this, they were creating a great work environment for her where she could be in a safe workspace working from home. So it wasn't that she was just safe because she was able to work from home, but she was also at a company where they had an amazing work culture with dealing with mental health needs so that she, when she had moments of like deep, dark depression, while she was trying to get out of the situation that she was in, she could take a break and not work those days. Yeah, that's that's incredible. And she's doing well? She's doing fantastic. Mm -hmm. She has thrived she is just doing she's like (laughs) she's just amazing she's doing so well oh my god I'm I'm crying (laughs) um just you know we have again we have no idea what's going on under the surface and you know there's so much and empathy and understanding is life-saving um and that's why I I adore the work that you do too um you know so can you tell me you know how has how have do- other doors opened up for you to interact with you know larger corporations? Because um, you know you've been working um, with companies all over the nation, correct? Yes, we work with work from home companies, so they can be anywhere. <laughs> they could be mm-hmm. anywhere in the United States, and so those that has opened up the door for us to have just conversations with some major companies you know um it's not just like the little work from home companies but some large companies as well where we've been able to have those conversations with them um and it's been a it's been an amazing journey i when i started this organization i really i really didn't think that we would be where we are today and i definitely didn't think that as i was having this idea to actually have conversations with employers that anybody would actually want to talk to me. So, mm-hmm. um, so it's been a great thing that, um, that people have wanted to talk to me and I've been able to have those conversations. Yeah. And, and tell me how you thrive too, because, you know, you, you mentioned, you know, you've had, you were let go from quite a few jobs because they weren't understanding of, of your situation. 
Um, you know, now that you've kind of put up those boundaries that are like, no, I'm only, you know, doing remote with people who do understand the situation. How has that transformed you and how have you been able to grow as a result? Well, one of the things that it's done for me is it's helped me to have that conversation with other people, mm-hmm. with people who are have been working from a home or, or have been working in brick and, brick and mortar for a while and they're struggling and they don't know what to do and they don't know where to turn. Or even when they start to work from home, they still may have some of those same issues and they don't know how to have those conversations with the uh, with the employers that they picked. Mm-hmm. It has helped me to be able to help them with having those conversations. And then also for me, working from home has truly, truly changed my life because it gave me stability, the ability to be stable in my work environment, Mm -hmm. the ability to be safe in my work environment, the ability to not have every issue that I have bared out for all to see in in my workplace, um, but be able to address those issues privately with my employer and privately with my, with the HR manager of the companies that I work for. Um, And so it just kind of changed the game totally in my life. And yeah. the, like I said, the most important part of that is the ability to share those things with those who are also struggling like I was struggling. Yeah. And, you know, for me personally, because I, I'm a remote worker and, um, you know, do so because of um, I have a chronic illness, um, I I feel like I have control of my life. Um, I feel because I don't have to ask permission to go to doctor's appointments. And, you know, it's like, you know, I mentioned before, it can be very demoralizing um, when you have to, you know, I like to be in control of what I share. I'm very open about, you know, my situation with, you know, having migraine. Um, But, you know, I, I want to control my narrative. So in the workplace where you have to ask permission and feel like you have to over explain, you don't have control of that narrative. Yes, absolutely. And that's what we want. That's the environment that we want to create, the environment where people can share when they want to share, that they feel comfortable with being honest, open and shame free, but only when they want to be honest, open and shame free. So um, to not have anybody feel forced to share anything or forced to do anything in their work environment that would make them very uncomfortable, especially with sharing your medical information. You know, if that is something that I think should be that every person should be able to decide for themselves and when you're in, um, when you're working at jobs where it work, it's a requirement for you to be in at a certain time and have these very stringent schedules, it's, it, it does not open a space for transparency there. Right. You know, that automatically sets the, um, the example of that this is not a safe place, that I can't be transparent because if I am transparent, then I'm going to be fired. Yeah. And I think a big thing that bosses and leaders and business uh, leaders need to, um, you know, understand is that to be accepting of this information, but not expect it. Um, and so, you know, if someone does come, come to you 
with a challenge, um, you know, be open and be accepting of it, but also do not expect them to tell you every single time they're struggling as well. Yes, I'm so glad that you brought that up because that is something that we really do talk to employers about. It's because some of the work from home companies have these systems in place that are like, their solution to dealing with mental health challenges is we'll create this phone number that somebody can call and they can just call into that phone number. They don't even have to talk to anybody. And this is a solution for them with dealing with anxiety um, for people that may feel like, you know, but on that phone number is an actual person that's picking up the phone. So now you've created an anxiety situation because they know that they have to talk to somebody in order to do that. But also, yeah, a complete stranger that they don't know, they've never worked with before on the on the end of that line. But also thinking about depression, a lot of times someone is not even able to pick up the phone. So being able to create those spaces that said, hey, that we understand and, you know, that Although we have, you know, tried our best to create these spaces for you where you can call out a work or whatever, there needs to be more than one solution because there's Mm -hmm. always that one solution. Like we created this one solution. That's good enough. That should be good enough. There needs to be more than one solution for people who are dealing with mental health challenges and how they can let their employer know that they need to take a break. Um, Absolutely. And I, I feel like, you know, our culture, we're, we're getting better at talking about mental health in a way that's not shameful. And that's also translating into the workplace as well. Um, you know, we're, we're so much different than where we, we were even five years ago. Um, so, you know, to, to wrap up uh, the episode, I'd love to hear all the ways that you're, ho- you're hopeful in, you know, how the conversation's changing and, you know, how the workplace can be transformed for the better. I am seeing such a large push from people who are talking about mental health in the workspace right now. And that is getting me really, really excited because I know that we are moving forward. Like the future of the workplace is moving forward to a more inclusive workplace, to a safer workplace. And that's all the way around. It's not just in the work from home space, but also in the brick and mortar space as well, where these conversations are starting to be had, um, that employers are starting to make small changes right now, but big changes in the future of how the company culture is and how um, employees are dealing with each other and creating supported and nurturing spaces. So I am just excited about the future of work right now. I love the society that we're in right now because the young people are really starting to voice their concerns with some of these things where um, I think it was about 20 years ago, they did a survey that said that mental health being important in the workplace and it was like 30% or something like that. And now the number has increased to 80%. Like people are really (laughs) starting to have these conversations and think about the importance of supporting mental health in the workplace. And like Mm -hmm. I said, I'm just excited about what's coming. Yeah. And I mean, it benefits everyone because when people feel supported, when they feel like they have 
a safe environment where they can take time for themselves to take care of, you know, things that they can't control. The work is better. There's more creativity. There's more teamwork. It's just a better environment overall. Absolutely. Absolutely. 100%. Everybody is happier and healthier and employees stay longer in environments where there is positivity, where they feel like their their needs are being taken care of, um, where they feel like they have the opportunity for growth. Yes. (laughs) Well, Sheree, thank you so much for talking with me on this very important topic. Um, I'm so grateful for the work that you're doing. And if people want to connect with you, what's the best way to find you? The best way to find us is through our website at www.hopegain.org. Our website will lead you to our Instagram, our Facebook, our LinkedIn, and all the rest of our social media programs. But it also, our social media platforms, it also will lead you to our programs. One of the programs that we provide is free counseling. So you can go to um, our website and under programs, you can find that free counseling. You can find the work from home group that we have specifically for people who are living with mental health challenges and and needing to work from home. Um, And then you can find information about our newest program that we're launching, which is a mentorship program for those who um, are living with mental health challenges and want to work from home and will be connected to a one-on-one mentor who will meet with them bi-weekly. So many amazing resources. Thank you so much again, Cherie. Again, I'm Lindsay Patton, host of People Analytics Podcast. Um, I'm always looking for guests like Cherie who really care about making the workplace uh, a better place overall. So if you know of someone or you are someone, feel free to reach out to me at lindsay at staffgeek.com. Thank you again, Cherie. Thank you so much. It was such a wonderful pleasure as always. Thank you for listening to Staff Geek's People Analytics Podcast. I'm your host, Lindsay Patton, and I'm always looking to interview leaders who put people first. If you or someone you know lead with a people-first mindset, please email me at lindsay at staffgeek.com. That's L-I-N-D-S-A-Y at staffgeek.com. If you want to take things a step deeper and understand your organization's true culture DNA, I encourage you to take Staff Geek's free culture assessment. Just head to staffgeek.com and click the button that says free culture assessment. Thanks again for listening.